Greetings and blessings. Welcome to another episode of Get Right for Sunday. We will be looking at the readings for the third Sunday after the Epiphany of our Lord. I'm Pastor Wright. I'm Vicar Pearson. Our gospel reading for today comes to us from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the fourth chapter, beginning at the twelfth verse. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father, and followed him. This is the reading that gives us the familiar phrase, fishers of men. And God takes these poor fishermen, and he turns them into something else. He turns them into evangelists, fishers of men, people who call others into the church, into belief in Christ through the gospel. So they've traded in their nets, for the gospel, they've traded in their fish for converts, and they have traded in their boats for the church, the body of believers in Christ. Luther has this to say about the idea of being a fisher of men. This is from his um, festival sermon for the Feast of St. Andrew. The heavenly kingdom is compared to a net that is thrown into the sea by which all kinds of fish are caught. But when it is full, it is dragged, says the Lord, onto the shore. There the good fish are gathered into baskets and the bad ones thrown away. That is what will happen at the end of the world when the angels go out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw the evil into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is a very good comparison that the gospel, the doctrine by which the forgiveness of sins would be preached, is a net in the world and that those elected and called through the gospel remain in this net in the world. That is, in this kingdom of sins, in the uncertainties and dangers of the world, they remain in this net of forgiveness until they are hauled onto the shore and separated from the evil ones, especially in death, when one must confess the gospel and truth. That is when one hauled in like a fish, jerking and wiggling onto shore. And I like what Luther says here. He really plays up the idea of being caught in a net and our status coming into the church. When the Holy Spirit finds us before our baptism, when he begins working in our hearts, we are enemies of God. We find all the things of God abhorrent to our sinful nature. And so we're brought into salvation, kicking and screaming. Our old self is drowned in baptism and the new self comes to be. 
but we still live in the net. We're still being drugged to shore. We haven't had the full uh, revelation of Christ in his second coming yet. And so it shouldn't surprise us that not everything is hunky-dory in this world, that we are still struggling with the sin that we have put off in our baptism. We shouldn't be surprised that we're still in process, so to speak, as we're being transformed from the old fish that we were into the fishers of men that Christ makes us by putting his name upon us. And so as we are in process, as we are fully uh, secured in this net, there's no way we're getting out. There's no way our salvation is in jeopardy. We do live in this tension where things are still difficult nonetheless. I am looking at the epistle lesson. It comes to us from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, except Crispus and Gaius, so that no, no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We have St. Paul addressing the people of Corinth, and with this he pulls no punches. Who is the Lord of the church? Who is the one who does the work? Who is the one you are following? And it is, of course, Christ our Lord. It is in his cross that we have forgiveness. It is in his death, resurrection, and life. We have the promise of forever. And we, in this life, on this side of heaven, will be in constant conflict. And Paul is trying to point out that in the church, in the communion of saints, we cannot be in conflict with our confession because Christ is not divided. The salvation won for us is not split, so it only comes through a select few in a certain lens. But we get the fullness of Christ preached and proclaimed through our pastors, in and through the means of grace, the Lord's Supper, baptism. And so when we look at this, we get to remember that we are in communion with Christ. This communion means that we have been pulled, as Vicar was saying, pulled out of the depths of our death, the sea, by the Holy Spirit of the gospel net and brought into 
this body of believers, brought into this communion, and we are joined together in Christ. Christ is the bond that connects us. And we in one voice, we in one judgment, we in one confession, we in one baptism, confess who and what we are the beloved in Christ. And when we look at this, we see not the individual, but the body of Christ lived out in the individual because we are connected to something that is bigger. So we must always be on the lookout to see who we are following, what we are following, so that we're not deceived by the fancy words of some pastor or author or some way of entertainment or some neat new shiny thing that has come up for if these things become an obstacle to our faith they are opposed to the gospel and they work against it so let us rejoice that christ has come to deliver us and bring us together so this this idea of togetherness in our salvation i think is really uh, potent in this metaphor of being in a fishing boat because we're brought into the church, the boat, uh, through the gospel net, and we're co-opted into the mission of God to save souls. And so we then get to start throwing nets out. We start working as fishermen for God. And it's not just me and God. Now it is me working to bring people to God, but I'm working shoulder to shoulder with my brothers and sisters in the boat with me. And so the church is a place where we get to learn how to work together, um, to work to bring other people into the church, to help other people find the salvation that we have in Christ. Again, I, I love the, the idea of being connected, unity, uh, togetherness, because especially on a boat or, or anything that we need cooperation and participation, if you have someone working against you, this stops the flow. This interrupts things, and nothing works smoothly. Can we get where we're going if somebody's rowing the opposite way? We might, but it's going to be a lot harder. And uh, again, with, with this being connected and unified in the same common confession, in the same belief, same understanding, that means that we get to work together. And, and uh, Vicar, I like what you said. Then we get to throw the gospel net and again it's not by my power but that net has been gifted to me and that net is the work of the holy spirit god in and through me but i don't cast it where i want i don't let my power might and work i don't try to poach on somebody else's net we get to do this together to ensure the kingdom of god is extended spread seen through our actions, our confessions, and our life. Yeah, and I think that that goes along with what Paul is saying, you know, um, whether it's all these other apostles or Paul or I follow this or that, you're missing the point. It's not my net. It's God's net. And there are other people around me who also cast it, and I'm happy for them and not jealous for their success. And uh, we're all on the same team. We're all rooting for each other in this because we're all pressing towards the same goal and that is 
to show the salvation to the world, to bear witness to what we have known and seen and what we have been given in Christ and wishing to spread that joy and that gift and that life to everyone we see. Absolutely. That's why Paul calls out to the people who are following him to, again, reorientate them to Christ. It is my hope and my prayer that this little podcast is a blessing to you as you prepare and get ready, get right for the divine service and the great and wondrous gifts that are poured out through God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, through, in, and on Holy Cross. We meet Saturdays at 6 o'clock and Sunday at 8 and 10.30. God's peace and blessings be upon you.